Are you doing anything with your island? Are you trying to achieve a certain aesthetic or... Okay, so what I'm trying to do is make my island real uh, fun and entertaining. Okay. Right? Like, I'm going to have the cafe spaces set up, and I'm going to put my museum on a cool waterfall, and it's all going to be really cool. Except for there's going to be little hidden things in my island that's going to be like, uh-oh, what? Like, in the very back of my island, I have this shrine set up to nothing, but... I've terraformed my cliffs in such a way that if you, like, look at them the right way, there's bloody handprints, like, disappearing behind the cliff. <laughs> I also have these missing posters that I got from Plastiboo on Twitter. It's just a design you hang up or you display, like, the painting on the easel. Sure. Um, and it's, like, two little rabbit villager children. So I have those in, like, strategic places throughout the village. So it's, like... It's, like, the first level of a survival horror game where yeah, you get to the town. Yeah. I spent most of my time preparing for the Cherry Blossom Festival, and then after that, my big project was recreating Tom Holland's Umbrella performance. Which was flawless. <laughs> you did that and, so well. <laughs> and now I'm sort of working on trying to develop some long-term areas. One of my favorite things is that some of the Japanese fan artists I follow, they don't post as much of their Animal Crossing as you and I do on Twitter, but there's one person who every day posts one little snapshot of their island and they have some Deadpool tiles. And so they're textures that they put on the ground, but it's in such a way that you can kind of imagine that there's a chibi Deadpool there. <gasps> and then they will put furniture or items on top of it so it looks like he's interacting with it. And so I really look forward every night to checking in and seeing what Tiny Deadpool is doing on their island. See, the thing is, we could not have had a podcast called Was Deadpool There? Because he was. Yeah, even like, if he was have, We'd have zero content because <laughs> we'd be like, was Deadpool there? With Hey, so you know how Grimes and Elon Musk just had their baby? Like what? Was Deadpool in the delivery room? Did he name the baby? Yes. The answer is yes. The episode's over. Like... <laughs> It would be a contentless podcast. The last half might be more interesting because guessing whether something has actually happened in the comics or not would be maybe more challenging. Because yeah. Well, I don't know. You really got me last week. I did. I, this week may be, may be uh, less challenging. We'll see. <laughs> this week we gave ourselves a little bit of a break by choosing a much wider pool, I think, of uh, a much wider Deadpool. No. That's not a good joke. <laughs> uh, a, much, a much wider pool of... Um, of content. So let's get right into it to funky action music. What's up, everybody? My name is Zeke. And I'm Kat. And we are here to ask the timeless question, was Spider-Man there? So basically the point of the show is uh, we are trying to figure out all the places that Spider-Man has been. If you listen to the first episode, you'll remember that I don't know Jack about Spider-Man. And I know Jack. <laughs> kind of exactly Jack. Jack. Jack and a half. And Jill. <laughs> and the hill. So what we're trying to figure out is all the different locations Spider-Man has been, because I feel like people definitely know Spider-Man from the movies and maybe like a handful of comics, but comic universe is very big. Sometimes the stories get really wild. So this show is in 
two parts. The first part, for right now, we're calling Elevator Pitch. But if you have a better idea for the name of the segment, I'm all ears because I ain't good at naming stuff. So in the first section of the episode, I will pitch Cat a short elevator pitch on the theme of the episode. Um, I try to make it as ridiculous as I can. And then Cat has ample time. I promise to research and find out uh, if my concept was in fact original or if Spider-Man was there. I just want you to know that when I woke up that morning and I saw you had texted me with your idea for this episode, I was like, okay, I'm done with my research. And and then I was like, no, 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 Kat, you got to go back. You got to do the research. You got to go back. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. Because I learned a lot of new things, some of which I wish I could unlearn, but let's hear your pitch. Okay. So what's our, what's our theme this week, Kat? What was the challenge? Oh yes. My challenge for the episode, I wanted the theme to be original character do not steal. <laughs> uh, which is a good throwback to all of our DeviantArt days, I think, or live journal or Zynga. Gaia online. Gaia online. <laughs> Yeah, or back, maybe you're real old school and you're, you just had a website, like an angel fire. Like GeoCities. We, GeoCities, yeah, before the social media and you had your original character. I sure did. <laughs> so Cass challenged me to create an original character uh, in the Spider-Man universe and... So I would like to pitch to you, Kat, a character that I worked on. I would love to say very hard, but I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, so this came pretty naturally to me. <laughs> okay, so... My original character, who nobody listening to this podcast can steal, is Brie Stallings. She's a young woman living in New York City, but she moonlights as the Silk Jester. Uh, So she's another spider person uh, in the same universe as Peter. That's something that I wanted to really cement was that she's not like a multiverse character because I know in a lot of comics that's very common. So she's not from like another parallel universe or whatever. She is from the same universe as Peter Parker. That universe is Peter Parker. I wrote down maybe a lab assistant that was bitten by a different radioactive spider because I I feel like there were like a bunch of them. There couldn't have just been one. So uh, Brie has several cool powers but she actively avoids crime fighting and instead she uses her cool spider powers to kind of like let off steam from her job and she kind of just likes to play pranks on people. So what unfolds is a story that reveals that the Silk Jester is actually Peter Parker's long lost twin sister who has lived in his peripheral orbit for his whole life, where he was a bullied nerd. She was like a track star and he went into journalism and she went into like the sciences. And so when she discovers like her lineage and that she's related to Peter Parker and they kind of discover each other, she jumps to Spider-Man's aid in his most desperate hour of need. Now I do want to say that I worked out five superpowers for Brie to have. Her primary one is that she can communicate with spiders. She can summon their spiders in the area. She can like ask them to come help her out. Or the much cuter ability is that she can talk to one individual spider and like get information from them. Because I really love the idea of someone like having a spider on their finger and the spider like gesticulating wildly and her being like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, uh uh-huh, okay, uh uh-huh. Well, he says he doesn't know anything. She can also do super jumps, eight foot vertical leaps, baby. Just like the jumping spider, Brie has the ability to make enormous vertical leaps. She can wall crawl, the staple spider power, but because she can also super jump, she doesn't need to web sling. So she basically just parkours around everywhere, which Peter hates. I have to imagine he's like, you're doing the, you're doing it wrong. You're spider personing wrong. And she's like, it's 2020. Who are we to define 
spider person. I'm non-spider person conforming. (laughs) She learns that she has the ability to stun and even kill anyone that she kisses in a power that she refers to as the venomous kiss. She can learn to control it, but it's very hard for her. So she does kind of give up on romance altogether. It was very important to me that she didn't become like a manic pixie dream girl kind of character. So she's very much just like, as a like my responsibility, I cannot be involved with anyone. It's very rogue of her. I can't allow. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Except for she doesn't decide to fall in love with the Gambit, which I do know about comic books. I know you hate him, but I love him because I'm from Louisiana, but we will not (laughs) sidetrack into was Gambit there. And then her last thing is she can create a burrow trap so she can generate very thick, strong webbing. So where I imagine like Peter, I know a lot about spiders. So where I imagine Peter Parker's web is more like a house spider or a common spider where it's very thin webbing like you see like spider webs outside. I imagine the breeze webbing that she can generate is more thick and fibrous like what you see tarantulas with sometimes assuming you've seen a lot of tarantulas but she instead of using this to do anything helpful she just uses it to play pranks on people that she feels deserve it. It's like the world's worst version of TPing anything. So I know that I've kind of structured Brie as like a like a twin. Uh, I know that I've mentioned that she's kind of his long lost twin, like hanging out in the in the background. But I do think also it's entirely possible that she could be like his clone. Like I've left a lot open to that as well, especially given that she kind of worked in the lab. So twin sister clone. She is another Peter, but different, but the same, but different. <laughs> so, so what I have created for you is. In the context of someone existing that is a mirror or a foil to Spider-Man, a twin or a clone, but not like someone from like an outside universe. So I have a lot of notes here. I'm so glad. I really felt but, like I steamrolled you last week, so please. Well, I I had to be very careful because this was a topic that could easily get out of hand. And I didn't want to have a four hour podcast. Sure. But that being said, the comics I'm going to talk about today, hop on. If you want to know more about these things and you want to know more about how they came to exist, there's a million videos on YouTube by people that know more than me. But this is our take on it. Sure. So what we're going to get into today is a little thing called the Clone Saga. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a whole saga. In fact, there's multiple Clone Sagas. Oh, good. (laughs) So the original Clone Saga happened in 1975. And for kind of frame of reference, Spider-Man started in the 60s. So in 73, Gwen Stacy died. The character was killed off. They kind of thought she wasn't going anywhere. And they were like, well, let's have a big dramatic moment. So they killed her off in issue 121. Wow, I had no idea that Gwen Stacy had been around for that long. Yeah, yeah. She was real early, early days. Like the first serious relationship Peter Parker had. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, and that she died, like, so early in the run, when you think about it, decades-wise. Sure. But she's still a person, a character. And obviously, she's shown up again in different incarnations. You know, we have Spider-Gwen and other versions, which we'll learn more about now. Um, (laughs) So she died in issue number 121, but then mysteriously shows up again in issue 144. And she's a little off, but she shows up and her friends see her, Peter sees her, they're interacting with her, and they're trying to figure out how they could have possibly been wrong about her death. You know, they saw, well, Peter saw her die, um, although he's not, you know, forthcoming with that information. Right. He's not like, um, oh, you, you, you were dead. Like, yeah, I was there. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man was there. <laughs> but it turns out that she's a clone of Gwen Stacy, created by a character named the Jackal, who ends up becoming a recurring villain. And the Jackal 
His true identity is Professor Miles Warren, who used to be Peter and Gwen's professor back in college. And he had become obsessed with Gwen. And he was not a young professor. I'll okay, just go so ahead this and say is that. like a, I was, I literally, my two questions were, the jackal is sexy is a title. So is he hot? And then follow, when you were like, oh, he's a, he like cloned Gwen. I was like, oh, is it because he's a creep? Yes. Okay, great. No, no. And then yes. No, and then Even yes. His, okay. <laughs> his costume is also super, like, it doesn't look like a jackal at all. I was like, have you seen a jackal? Like, this is, this is that's not what jackals look like. The furry but community yeah, he, will be up in arms. <laughs> he was obsessed with her. And after she died, he blamed that death on spider-man and so he wanted you know some kind of revenge and so he clones gwen and he also creates a clone of peter parker because he was like their genetics professor and i don't know maybe they did a thing where they swabbed their cheeks or something like that and so he had that genetic information like in his fridge i guess i don't know weirdo anyway so he clones them both and he's like haha i've cloned this gwen and i've sort of hypnotized her in this clone so that she has the memories that gwen had of course she's a little out of date you know missed the last update which accounts for some of the weirdness when she interacts with other people why she kind of doesn't remember some of the details but oh lo and behold peter finds out that there's a clone of him and the Jackal has put together that, like, Peter Parker was Spider-Man, obviously, from this, because, like, the clone had spider powers. Oops. Oh, okay. So, wait. So, there's a clone of Gwen, and there's also another clone of, of Peter. Yeah, I don't remember reading him saying why he did that. Like, if he was like, I just wanted to tie him up and throw him down the stairs because I was jealous. <laughs> I, I'm not really sure. But he did. And so what he ends up doing is he ends up pitting the Spider-Man that we know we've been following versus the clone Spider-Man in a fight against each other while Ned Leeds is strapped to a bomb. And he's like, for for whatever reason, the Spider-Man's one of you has to win the fight before you can go rescue him. (laughs) And so the two spider I don't know why they don't just stop and rescue Ned, but they start fighting and it's like the Spider-Man pointing at each other meme, like, which one of us is the real Spider? I'm Spider-Man. No, you. So Gwen unmasks the professor and he's up until this point sort of had a dichotomy. Like there's me, Professor Warren, and then there's the Jackal and the Jackal is the one doing all this bad stuff. But when she unmasks him, he realizes, no, it's me. It's I've been doing all the bad stuff. And so he has a change of heart and tries to stop the bomb, which does explode, killing him. Not really. Nobody ever dies in comics. Sure. And some of the debris crushes one of the Spider-Men and the remaining Spider-Man is like, uh, am I the real Spider-Man? Shit. I don't know. How do I go about figuring this out? And so in follow-up comics, number 150, Spider-Man in his spider suit goes and approaches Dr. Connors, who some of you may know later becomes the lizard, but he's not the lizard yet. What? And is like, Hey, could you just like run some tests on, here's some blood. Don't ask where it came from, but could you just see if this blood <laughs> is clone blood? And Dr. Connors, <laughs> yeah, basically. And Dr. Connors is like, sure, this seems like a totally reasonable request. Sure, whatever, I'm doing weird shit with lizards over here, so yeah. this is a good cover for me. I'll look at your clone blood. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then in that issue, all the spider villains start coming out of the woodwork and, you know, Spider-Man's fighting them left and right. And he's like, I have shit going on. I don't have time for this. Ah, but as he's in the chokehold of the spider slayer robot, he <laughs> kind of sees his life flash. Yeah, I know we're, that's not, e- we're not even halfway through. We're not even there. He sees his life flash before his eyes, thinking of Mary Jane and how much he misses her and how much he cares about her. And he realizes that that proves that he's the original because the clone wouldn't have had those feelings, you know, 
because the clone was from a time before he even really knew Mary Jane that well. Okay. So he has to be the original one. The the part that gets me, and this is kind of one of those like, you know, those like Superman is a dick memes or whatever. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of one of those things. So Spider Man goes back to the lab where Kurt Connors is has fallen asleep on his desk after doing all these hours of research to run all these tests. Okay. And Peter Parker, well, sorry, Spider-Man, he's he's dressed up as Spider-Man, grabs the files, goes out the window, and then just throws them in the street. And is like, I don't need to read them. And I'm like, buddy. Holy, holy shit. You think this, like, research professor doesn't have shit to do? He's trying to get tenure. <laughs> he, like, wakes up. He's like, my work. No. Like, what if, okay, that's what drives him to become the lizard. That's clearly it. Yeah. Clearly that's the villain origin story. Yeah. I so, do want to let everybody know that I don't know anything about the <laughs> lizard. I just, I'm just imagining this guy with like 50 iguanas in his lab. <laughs> They're like, Peter just happens to know. And he's like, what's good? Tesla's clone blood. This man's like, don't look at all my iguanas. Yes, I'll do this for you. And then he wakes up and all his papers are gone and he turns to the iguanas and he's like, you are my only friends. You wouldn't have thrown my paperwork out the window. And they like lick their eyeballs because they're iguanas and they don't care. Right, like, he could have left a note, like, thanks, but I've come to the decision that I don't care. I don't know. He could yeah, with, like, a little cartoon spider on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A little sticker. The yeah. good use for a sticker. Oh, there we go. A little, yeah. maybe, like, a puffy sticker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a really big fan of those. Yeah, it was the 70s. Scratch and Sniff was big. <gasps> it smells like a real spider. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, that was what today we call the the first clone saga. Okay. But now I want to fast forward a little bit. It's the year 1994. Hell yeah. I was too. In the mid 90s, Marvel wasn't doing so hot. They were teetering on the edge of bankruptcy, which is kind of hard to imagine these days. And comic book crossovers, comic book events were kind of a new thing. Well, I say events, but Marvel was looking for ways to capitalize on events to try and up readership. Like and real world events? No, no, like comic book events. Oh, okay, so, okay, okay. Yeah. For example, 1993, the year prior, two things happened. One was DC's major event, the Death of Superman. Okay. Which was a hugely advertised event. It was like a big deal, mm -hmm. killing off this major character. I remember that they had plain black covers. You know, it, it was kind of a weird thing where collectors were like buying all these issues but then they printed so many issues they're not worth anything yeah i know because so dc is kind of the comics that i lean towards more than marvel so and my brothers had like a just a boatload of like the death of superman and i remember being a really big thing right so that happened in 93 the other thing that happened in 93 was jurassic park came out oh <laughs> so, yeah dude so somebody at marvel i'm sure was thinking how can we capitalize on a major comic book event and kill off one of our characters but also the public mindset is fascinated with this idea of clones so like how can we bring that story back and in 1994 what people are usually referring to when they say the clone saga happened and i don't want to go too much into the meta of this but i'll just tell you it was meant to be a short event but it ended up getting dragged on and on and on but how long did this clone saga go on for two years Ugh. too long so basically here's my quick rundown my very, very quick rundown of the clone saga, which was JK, that clone, but from before, didn't die. And he's back. Okay. And he ha still has spider powers. And 
He's been operating for the last five years because it's only been five years since the 70s, apparently. Uh huh. And he's been operating under a spider persona called the Scarlet Spider. Oh, that's so close to my thing. It's not, but. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also adopted the name Ben Riley, taking from Uncle Ben and Riley being Aunt May's maiden name. Wow. So he just shows up and he's here now. And there, But he looks identical to Peter Parker? Yeah, he looks identical to Peter Parker. Like, so, takes off the mask and it's like, it's that guy. It's me. My face is over there. So he's like, well, what's good? I'm Ben Riley." They're like, no, you're Peter Parker. And he's like, but I'm not. Basically. Okay. <laughs> and there's also like a third clone running around. What? Uh, yeah, going around with the name Spiderside. But we're not going to bother. We'll just... Just know that he's out there. Okay. Spider-Side sounds like a cool skateboarder. Like, he graffitis and stuff. Like, he's uh, really yeah. into Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but that wasn't out yet. <laughs> so, Peter Parker's like, well, hmm, let's run some tests, right? Like, I won't get my buddy Kirk Connors to run some tests. Yeah, and then I'll throw all his paperwork in the street. <laughs> so, they run some tests, and then they find out that Peter is actually the clone. No! And he decides then that, at this point, he's married to Mary Jane. And they have a baby on the way. And he's like, you know what? Clone baby. You can just do this now. You can be Spider-Man. And I'm going to move to Portland with Mary Jane. And we're going to raise our little spider baby. And and I'm going to hang up the superhero cape. Not that I wear a cape. But if I did, it would be hung up. I'm going to hang up my leotard. Exactly. And he actually loses his powers for a while. But they come back because they come be- back. He's Because he turns them off? like Yeah, I guess. But then it turns out that the test results were faked because Osborne was behind it, as he ah! is, always is. Yeah, exactly. And he basically just wanted to fuck with Peter because that's kind of his thing. And Ben dies saving Peter. And then his body disintegrates in the way that <gasps> clone bodies do, apparently. There's is, it a, like a, just, is it like him like clinging to Peter? And he's like, ooh, uh, uh, Mr. Parker, I don't feel so good. <laughs> that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. Um, and so he disintegrates in this sp- very specific way that clones do. And we totally never see him again, except we definitely do. Of course. Like I said, this was meant to be a short event, you know, like the death of Superman. But it ended up consuming all of the Spider-Man comics and all of the comics for a while were titled Scarlet Spider instead of Spider-Man. So like the amazing Scarlet Spider or the spectacular Scarlet Spider or whatever. Okay. And it just, it went on forever. I foolishly thought I might purchase it in trade paperback (laughs) form to read and do some research. And then I realized I was going to be out hundreds of dollars and I decided I didn't want to relive the nineties that bad. (laughs) But fortunately for me, and other people out there. In 2009, they did kind of like a Clone Saga redux. This is crawling into like Kingdom Hearts territory. I know, I know. <laughs> Clones, Spider-Man the Clone Saga, 289 over 616. <laughs> 2.5 redux. But in the 2009 Clone Saga, it was just six issues. It was specifically planned as a miniseries to tell the story of the Clone Saga the way it was kind of originally meant to be told, this very short, brief, intense event. And the cool thing about that is, for me, is that it's drawn by one of my favorite artists, Todd Nock, who has a really distinct, kind of cool, I don't want to say classic style, but I don't know. His characters always seem so amiable and approachable. And If you're interested in reading the Clone Saga, but don't want to spend a million years, that might be a good way to to kind of get the gist of it with, without all of the... And that one gets crazy. I did read that one. I did just Google this guy on my phone. And are you sure that this guy is not your favorite because he looks like Peter B. Parker from Into the Spider-Verse? 
he cosplays Peter B. Parker a lot, actually. Yeah, Kat, oh, he's my favorite because I like how he draws. Yeah, okay. No, no, uh-huh. I meant it. No, I met him years ago because um, for a long time he was he was drawing the Nightcrawler solo series, uh, and that's why I ended up following him. And I met him at a convention and bought some um, original art from him. But he's like a super nice guy. He does a lot of drawing tutorials and stuff like that. But oh, also okay. his style is really cute. But oh, also he cosplays Peter B. Parker, cat, so. <laughs> and so he's uh, meeting all my standards. <laughs> yeah, I'm very high standards. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, so Todd Nock draws uh, the six part. Clone Saga Redux 3582 Days. Yeah. <laughs> so that was written by Tom DeFalco and Howard Mackey. Sorry, I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> Anyways, so that is as brief as I could make it a summary of the Clone Saga. Okay. Clones are a big part of Spider Man lore. Sure. Obviously, you know, we talked about Gwen Stacy being cloned. Plenty of other characters have been cloned in some incarnation or another. So I would say that. Spider-Man was definitely there. Spider-Man was definitely there, and and he was there over and over again. Yeah, he was there. He rode the rides. He has the t-shirt. Great. He threw the paperwork in the street. (laughs) He threw the paperwork in the street. (laughs) I can't imagine being a man of science and doing a favor for someone I don't know, I guess. And then being asleep and waking up, and all my work is gone, and then I walk outside to mourn it, and it's just blowing by in the wind. Well, or worse yet, that like you wake up and the folder's gone, and you're like, "Oh, Spider Man must have come by to get it." And then like you go outside and you just see it in the streets. It's and like just balled like, up too. Yeah, like, ugh. I'm telling you, that would be my villain origin story. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the second part of our podcast. Yeah, Zeke, are you ready to play Two Truths and a Fic? I'm, I'm born ready. So in this part of the show, I will give Zeke two canon scenarios, characters, plot lines, whatever, and one that I have lifted from an obliging fanfic author. And Zeke has to determine which of these actually happened in comic lore and which of them is just a fan creation. So far, I'm really bad at this game. Well, we've only done it once. You're, you're 0 and 1. You can make it up today. Well, well, I will try. I'll do my best. I'm so hyper-focused up here. You earn that sticker. <laughs> do, do I get it? Can I have a holographic one? I can give you a Spider-Man Tsum Tsum. Oh my god. That's what's on the line. Oh, okay, I'm really focused. Okay, here's our first one. The badass normal secret sister of Peter, Teresa Elizabeth Parker, was born to Richard and Mary after they left Peter in the care of Ben and May. Trained as a professional spy... She is eventually recruited by Nick Fury for the CIA. Okay. So, number um, one. I don't care. I love this story. <laughs> this is my favorite <laughs> Spider-Man story, whether or not it's canon. Um, let's let's move on, but I do have a special place <laughs> in my heart now for Teresa Elizabeth. Teresa Elizabeth Parker. Oh, God. I just, I love a spider nun. <laughs> Go on. There's, uh, option two. When a copycat hero operating under the name The Purple Spider shows up on the scene, Peter knows he has to get to the bottom of things. He just never expected this new hero would be one of his own Midtown classmates. Okay. Ooh, this is tough. All right, last one. Bitten by the same spider that gave Peter his powers, just off camera, Cindy Moon spent over a decade locked in a secret bunker to avoid being hunted by a powerful foe. After being freed by Peter, she becomes a web-slinging hero in her own right. 
oh. And, like, every time they get within five feet of each other, their instincts demand that they bone. Like, hardcore spider boning. Just all the time. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is so... <laughs> the hardcore spider boning really leads me to believe that it might be canon. Because that's what I know about comics. <laughs> that people do love to be be knocking boots. Spider um, boots. Spider boots. <laughs> What is Spider-Man? Just wore some real fucking snazzy cowboy boots. Okay, this is not this is not related to that, but I think it's a new Avengers. There's a panel the like the whole team gets sent to like the Savage Lands. Okay. Which is like a jungle continent. Okay. Full of dinosaurs. Not, not a great name, but go on. Well it's well it's it's full of dinosaurs. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and they crash a plane or whatever. And they're, like, inspecting their damage. And Spider-Man's like, ah, my booties. And Luke Cage is like, you're what? And he's like, my booties. What do you call them? And he's like, a boot. Is Spider-Man wearing boots? Just, like, his little, like, suit boots, I guess. I did not realize that it wasn't all one suit. I didn't know he could take the feet off. I think it depends on the, the artist and I, how they feel that day. I literally could not conjure up a Spider-Man suit in my brain as I googled it real quick. And I do see where there's like a separation, like the classic suit. Where like, oh man, Spider-Man's had feet this whole time. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you were wearing like onesie, like a like a baby's onesie pajamas. You- <laughs> <laughs> You might still call the the foot part of that the boot. The booty. The, the booties. Aunt May's knitted spider booties. <laughs> I love that you went to baby onesie and uh, I'm thinking like a morph suit. You're like, well, if he was an infant, if he was a grown man in a grown man size in baby onesie. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Hang on. All right. So Teresa Elizabeth purple spider and what's the connie moon cindy moon cindy moon okay Oof. oh boy okay i think i think Teresa elizabeth is canon because of nick fury's presence i think that that's a wild enough thing to be correct and i think that the purple spider is probably also canon so my vote is gonna be Cindy Moon is the fanfic. And someone just wrote like a spider sex pollen fanfic. Listen, I write fanfic. I'm telling you, that's that's ba- that's fanfic 101, baby. I would really love for you to be correct, but you're not. God <laughs> damn it! Ah! I was shaking. You can't see me, but I was shaking my fist right now. Less <laughs> because I'm wrong, and more because someone got paid. Probably not a lot. To write and illustrate Cindy Moon and Spider-Man just going for it. Oh, so much. It's it's really kind of funny. Like, conceptually, I it makes me, you know, rub my temples. There's just a lot about it that <laughs> bothers me. Is it but, sexy? Like, when you like to read it, is it? does it look sexy? Or is it just weird? Okay, for what it's worth, the art for those issues is not bad. It's actually okay. pretty good. And it's quality Peter Parker. Okay. But, you know, sometimes it varies. 
It's no, it's no Tom Knock, but it's it's no Todd Knock. Um, Todd, I'm so sorry. Todd, <laughs> sweetie, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the the thing that is that makes it almost okay for me is that for complicated reasons, at the time Peter is living with someone else. Okay. Like let's just say he has a roommate, and she comes in and finds them just like going at it. You know, like she'll open the door and it's just bed sheets everywhere. Uh-huh. And she sprays them with water bottles like they're bad <laughs> cats. Like, stop this. Yeah, exactly. She's just like, no, get off each other. <laughs> Not in the house. That's and also like, uh, coincidentally what it's like to be in a polyamorous relationship where you all live together. <laughs> but that is um, that is like the one saving grace about that whole situation. And... To be honest, afterwards, she kind of, they just sort of don't hang out together anymore. Like That's they both, fair. They're just so tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they're just like, this is literally just some kind of weird animal instinct thing that's happening. And it has nothing to do with whether or not we like each other or want to be in each other's lives. And so it's just better if we separate ourselves. Yeah. And she goes off and becomes her own hero. She, she goes under the name Silk. Ah. And she, yeah. Her costume's pretty rad. And she has a pretty decent following, but she's got her own storyline. It's aside from her origin story, she really doesn't have a lot to do with Spider-Man. She did show up in the Spider-Verse events, as did everybody else. But she's kind of her own character in her own world now. Okay, that's pretty dope. Yeah. The other canon one was Teresa. Okay, so, so I so was right about that one. You were right about that one. I want to say the comics are family business. Okay. Oh, yes. Sorry. I have it right here. Um, Amazing Spider-Man Family Business from 2014. So this is a fairly recent development as far as Spider-Man is concerned. And because she's not a super powered character, that was kind of more one of those realistic spy stories kind of things, you know, where you've got like the kingpin who's not necessarily a super powered villain. Sure. Interfering with things. And it was kind of one of those like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm your sister. Oh, just kidding. She's not your sister. We falsified those documents. Oh, but she really is. Oh, but is she? And yes, she is. As, as far as it stands right now, she is his actual genetic sister. Okay. And it's just a surprise you didn't know about her. And also, I guess Peter's parents like didn't die and then leave him in bed in May's care. Like they were like, hold this. And then they left and then they also had a baby. Okay. Richard and Mary Parker's like story is kind of whatever the authors want it to be like they were scientists they were spies they were terrorists they were heroes they were like it's kind of whatever's convenient for the story at the time okay um but yes the purple spider was the fanfic and that's from a short little one chapter fic called seven minutes with the spider by (gasps) that's so cute it is cute isn't it the author's name is dare underscore devil so that one's easy to look up okay if anybody wants to read it okay so we won't spoil the plot of Seven Minutes with the Spider because that that sounds super cute, and I do uh, want to read it. I am pleasantly surprised because I did kind of think that the Nick Fury one, the, the Teresa Elizabeth, was going to be the fan fiction, mostly because Black Widow exists, and it's like she's kind of also like a spy and she's spider themed, I guess. Yeah, I can see that. But also, uh, who am I to to ask comics not to repeat something? <laughs> the formula works right and she's yeah. all, i think her hair is also kind of red because you know gotta have a red-headed girl yeah yeah absolutely would you like to hear some of the outtake names that i had for superheroes i would so i worked really hard on these okay so i did run these by my partners and i was like think help me think of something 
And Toby's idea was, what if it was Spider-Man, but it wasn't a spider, it was an octopus, and he could just be Octopus Man? And I said, you're really going with the eight legs? And he said, no, I think it would just be interesting, because octopi are really smart. And they have a lot of cool abilities, like they can change their colors, and a lot of them can, like, shapeshift. And so, like, I think Octopus Man would be pretty cool. So Octopus Man was in the running <laughs> for, for a hot minute. We also had Nitro Spider, which was kind of based in my love for Bakugo from Micro Academia. <laughs> I wanted to create a, a web slinger whose webs were, like, explosive. And then I thought, that's probably not a good superpower. <laughs> Uh, so, like, I'm just imagining he shoots C4. Yeah, well, okay, so, like, the, the webs themselves are not, like, it's it's on, like, impact. So he would have to, like, swing it like a bull whip. basically, was the concept. So, like, it would have to make hard impact with something at, like, high velocity to, like, blow it up. But if he, if he just, like, like, spat some web out on a table, it would, like, explode the table. I did have one that was just real bad. You know, like, when you write and you have some that are just real stinkers? Yeah. Um, I had one that was just called Spider Blast, which I thought would be someone that could have, like, <laughs> like noise powers, and then I immediately scrapped that one. So a lot of these are real bad and not funny at all. Tiger Spider was one that I came up with, and I was gonna go the Tiger King route and be like, haha, it's funny, because it's like... But also I'm really tired of people talking about Tiger King, so I got rid of that <laughs> one. And then the last one that I'll talk about was the Web Wave... <laughs> I like this. Which is, is he a, a surfer? It's, it is. It literally is. It's, it's like a Peter Parker clone, but he's a surfer. That's literally the whole concept. Is just that he's Spider Man, but he surfs. What if Peter Parker, but in California? Right. Yeah, because Peter Parker lives in New York. So I thought, well, what if he lives in, like Los well, Angeles? Well, you know, there's the West Coast Avengers. So why can't there be West Coast Spider Man? See, I didn't even know there was West Coast Avengers. Well, there is. Well, wow. And they're great. <sighs> well, we know that Spider Man was there too now. <laughs> You've given away another episode. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun, and I really appreciate you doing a, such extensive research for me to help me find out if Spider-Man was there and to show me all the wonderful places that Spider-Man has been. And just to wrap it up, Kat, can you hit us with a cool Spider-Man fact or piece of trivia? I sure can. Today I came prepared. So... After all these shenanigans, all this clone drama, you would think Peter Parker deserves a break, right? Absolutely. Yeah, he should get to go hang out on the beach, or at least his own patio, and maybe, like, crack open a cold one with the boys. All the spiders soak his All the spiders. <laughs> all the, yeah. <laughs> but the truth is, is he cannot. What? Uh, writers are not allowed to include a scene showing Spider-Man drinking a beer. Specifically a beer or any alcohol? I think it's actually any alcohol. There are, of course, codes that all comics have to adhere to to have certain ratings. But Marvel, of course, has its own standards for different characters. And because Spider-Man is such a all-ages character, there are certain things that he doesn't get to do. But and, he gets um, to fuck relentlessly and he can't <laughs> drink a beer? I don't know what to tell you. Excuse me? <laughs> they said, listen, he can... Yeah, listen... Spiders in real life, they get down, but you will not ever see a little spider in your house with a little tiny beer. We <laughs> do not think true. so. That would be adorable, though. 
Um, yeah, uh, there is a scene where I think he's at Aunt May's wedding and he gets drunk on what he thinks is champagne, but it's that trope of like, haha, you only thought it was alcohol and that's why you acted drunk. It wasn't really alcohol. Oh, it no. It seems like bending the rules. Is that one um, called Spider-Man makes an ass of himself? Probably. <laughs> this actually came to light because uh, the comedian Paul Shear was writing for Spider-Man Deadpool, which is one of my favorite comic series. And he was writing the very special Christmas episode and he wanted Spider-Man to drink a beer because of events that happened in that issue. And he was told specifically that he can't drink a beer. And so the end result, like what he did instead, is actually probably way funnier. But it's also kind of one of those situations where it's like, I've had to jump through these hoops to make this scenario plausible. And the hoops I jumped through were maybe worse than the thing you wanted me to avoid. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us what it is? Like, what? Like, do you not want to spoil it? Oh, no. Well, I, it's fine. So what ends up happening is Deadpool has his own energy drink that was, like, rejected by the FDA for having lethal amounts of caffeine and <gasps> God knows what in it. Of course. And Spider-Man drinks at least one, but maybe multiple ones. And so for the entire issue, Spider-Man is, like, high. Like, he's on E the whole time. <gasps> like, the whole issue, he's like... This fur coat feels amazing. This roulette wheel is amazing. It's a real wild issue. <laughs> <laughs> just just the whole time. And I'm like, I feel like this is sending a different message than the beer might have sent. But okay. Yeah, right? Like you d- Listen, this is coming back to square one where Spider-Man gets to do all kind of wild shit, but he can't just have a beer. <laughs> Comics He code. needs it. He needs it. Honestly, yeah. If anybody needs a beer, it's that little dude. <laughs> he needs to be able to chill out. I do also want to say that I record at least my part of the podcast from my house. I don't know where Kat records, probably in her house, maybe on the moon. But my partner did just text me, just in all caps. He gets to fuck relentlessly, but he can't have a beer, (laughs) which apparently is the only part of my recording you can hear. (laughs) So um, I'd like to dedicate this episode to Toby. Uh, anyway, this has been a lot of fun. I'm Zeke. And I'm Kat. Remember, you can check us out on Twitter at WasSpideyThere or drop us an email at WasSpideyThere at gmail.com. Uh, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Was Spider-Man There? We'll see you next time. Hey Spider Pals, it's Zeke. If you would like to check out the issues that we discussed in today's episode, they are Amazing Spider-Man number 144 through 150, The Clone Saga from 1994 to 1996, The Clone Saga from 2009, Amazing Spider-Man Family Business, Amazing Spider-Man Volume 3 number 1, Spider-Man Deadpool number 12, And today's featured fanfic was Seven Minutes with a Spider by Daredevil. That's Dare underscore Devil. See you next time.